Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, folks, today is a big old Monday, our first Monday of the regular season in the NFL. Woof, woof. So if you weren't, uh, if you are new here to Takes by Fans and weren't with us last year during the NFL season, Monday is just our kind of breakdown day. We go through every single game, what happened, who was looking good, who was looking bad, what were the drives looking like, all that, just so we are all collectively on the same page moving forward throughout the week. Then on Tuesday, we have our power rankings after every team has played, um, after the Monday night game, all that, everybody has been played. So we update our power rankings on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, we go with our film study. We take some narratives, some interesting stories, some narratives, some interesting uh, players from this week, from the week Sunday in the NFL and just break down some film on them. What were these players looking like? We focus, you know, on quarterbacks. How are they throwing? We kind of look at every single throw, some good drives. What were the drives looking like for some teams overall? But we just look at film on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we guess and react to the uh, next week's lines. Then Friday, we have our official pick. So our first Monday show, breaking down all the greatness, uh, the first official NFL game back for the start of the season so it's going to be a great one folks and what a great day of NFL and really I know we're only kind of a week in and you know but can we talk about how great most of these games have been very competitive looking great I mean that Lions 49ers game was kind of a blowout but the Lions kind of reeled it back in in the fourth quarter um, but then even kind of even like the primetime games I know this Lions uh, or this Rams Bears Sunday night football game it was good, but, I mean, even some of these games that are on television were pretty solid. I mean, we got to see Matthew Stafford, so I don't know if it's just we have gone, we've gone so long without football that, you know, any football seems great, but so far, week one, this season, it's truly living up to the hype that we've been putting in and that, the, you know, the national media has been putting in throughout the entire offseason, but, man, oh, man, what a great first week of football. Jeez. So, without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Um, but uh, before we kind of start jumping into the games, I just kind of want to highlight the league leaders from week one. So we got Jameis Winston leading the league with five passing touchdowns. Woof, what a performance by him. But there's a little asterisk next to that uh, with those five touchdowns. We're going to have to talk about it because the yards, if you look at the yards and look at the touchdowns, you're like, hang on, something isn't adding up here. So we got to break that down when we get to that game. Uh, the Bengals running back, Joe Mixon, is leading the league in rushing yards with 127. Now, we had a little bit of um, lackluster performances by kind of the big running backs that we have been focusing on heavy. Um, 
Derrick Henry, nothing really great. Najee Harris, nothing really great. Um, who was the third one? Uh, Saquon Barkley, nothing really great. So congratulations to Joe Ma Joe Mixon and that Bengals team. And I think I have to apologize. That Bengals offense was looking a little bit better uh, than I was kind of giving it credit for in the offseason heading into week one. But man, oh man, what the hell is up with that Vikings team? And I'm going to tell you, we are 100% out on the Vikings team. And when we get to that game, we will have to unleash our fury on that. <clears throat> All right, uh, Dak Prescott leading the league in passing yards with 403 yards from the Thursday night game. Fantastic. No quarterback was able to uh, be better than him. And, you know, like we said, you know, Jameis Winston with five passing touchdowns, you would say, hey, he would probably throw more than 403 yards because Dak Prescott didn't put up five touchdowns. But that's not the case. Not even close. I mean, we're talking about Jameis Winston having like a fourth of the passing yards Dak Prescott had, folks. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, the league leading receiving tight end out here. And man, oh man, of course it's Gronk, right? So Gronk with 90 receiving yards at the tight end position. Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, uh, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. We'll talk all about them today as well. Uh, Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill is leading the league in wide receiver receiving yards at 197. Folks, we've told y'all he's our number one wide receiver in the league, and here he is showing out 197 yards week one. That is just classic Tyreek Hill. No. No? Question mark? I meant to say it as a no, not a statement. Um, and then uh, here we go, the last one. Cardinals uh, edge, rusher, edge rusher Chandler Jones had five sacks last night against the Titans. And uh, he made the... Uh... <laughs> He made the offensive lineman praise and congratulate Chandler Jones himself. So we'll talk all about that when we get to that game. But uh, congratulations to kind of the league leaders around the league uh, getting it done week one. And we'll see if they can kind of hold on to uh, the leading yards and uh, just leading stats throughout the entire season. But give it up for Jameis Winston, Joe Mixon, Dak Prescott, Gronkowski, Tyreek Hill, and Chandler Jones for making some big impressions week one. All right, but now let's start diving into the games, game by game, team by team, player by player, seeing what they were all up to in the first week. First week out, we had some nice people show up and some, you know, not great performances. So week one, some players were ready. Some people wanted to hit the snooze on the NFL season, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So let's just start here with the first game up, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. And, folks, what did we what did we say kind of all week leading up to this game? Watch out potentially for the Texans because they were keeping the two narratives, the team, what, the, what we're going to be doing on the field this year and keeping that separate from Deshaun Watson, the sexual assault rumors and the trade rumors, keeping that all separate. And the Texans came out and looked actually really gosh dang good. They put up 37 points, won the game, kind of no problem. Got out to a hot start, 14 points in the first quarter, 13 points in the second quarter, 7 points in the third quarter, four or 3 points in the fourth quarter. So it's not the greatest that they were going down every quarter in points, but they got got out to a hot start, and then they were just up, so you're not kind of really, the urgency's not there, because you're like, well, we're already up by like 21 points, obviously we don't want to take our foot off the uh, pedal, but we also don't kind of want to, you know, keep, you know, not running time off the clock, we already kind of got the win, so let's wrap it up and just kind of eat up the clock, and that's kind of what they did for the rest of the game, so they put up 37 points, looked absolutely really, really solid, like we kind of thought they could potentially do, and, uh, you know, taking advantage of kind of the weaker opponents, so I kind of got to give credit to this Texans team, 
this new head coach, you know, we'll definitely track him throughout the entire season. But, uh, you know, watch out. A sneaky kind of upset, uh, you know, dark horse definitely could be the Texans. Obviously, we have to see what they look like when they have to, you know, face a good opponent. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, we had Trevor Lawrence throwing three interceptions and Urban Meyer, you know, come some questionable calls out here. But, um, yeah, just very well done for the Texans. Let's quickly see who they have next week. Are we going to get, like, a true test of this Texans team come next week? Or do we have to kind of wait till week three? So next week the Texans have to face the Browns, and yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be the really true test here for this Texans team, especially on the road. So we'll praise the Texans this week. We'll have no problem. We'll get kind of you know in our Wednesday film study. We'll definitely look at Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, 100% in depth to see if we can truly buy into him. Because when you look at his stats, 21 of 33 for 291 passing yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran for another four. 40 yards, which we know he's a dual threat quarterback in this league. So overall, putting up like 300 plus yards on the ground, you've got to give a ton of credit to that. So absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's get the uh, percentage number here, completion percentage, so we're not talking just numbers here. We like to get that firm percentage number uh, because, you know, that's how we gauge it and we have, you know, what we think is good and uh, in completion percentage. So here we go. Tyrod Taylor, 21 of 33. That completion percentage is 60, uh, 63%. You can round it up to 64% if you want. So that's still solid, still decent, nothing great, nothing extraordinary, you know, just kind of average out there. So solid work. By Tyrod Taylor last night, scoring a touchdown on his uh second and third possession once again getting out to that hot start you gotta love it and you gotta give them credit and they you know they punted you know a couple of times they had a lot of drives but they scored on most of them I mean look at this three straight drives of all points right here two touchdowns a field goal going up 17 nothing unfortunately uh they couldn't take advantage of Trevor Lawrence's first interception, they have to punt. They go three and out after the first interception. After the second interception, they're able to score three points. Fantastic. And then they put up seven points right before half, going into halftime 27-7. to seven. And then once again, just kind of, you know, backfiring out after halftime. Um, you know, their first possession was a pump, but then they're right back at it with the second possession after halftime, a touchdown, making it 34 to 7. Trevor Lawrence goes down and scores a touchdown, making it 34 to 14. And uh, they punt. The Texans pump, but then they're back at it with the points. And then, unfortunately, once again, this is something the Texans are going to have to kind of, you know, capitalize on. The turnovers, um, you know, only coming away with three points off of three interceptions. That's kind of the one downfall that the Texans had last night. So that's definitely going to be have to uh, get cleaned up. And they didn't really score that much in the fourth quarter. But like we said, they were already up, you know, 37 to 14. 37 to 14. Let's just kind of get out of here all healthy, you know, heading into week two, one and oh, we'll be fine with that. So very well done for the Texans last night. Tyrod Taylor getting it done. Mark Ingram, the number one running back for this Texans team, which, you know, we didn't think was really going to happen, but they did it. You know, he's a little bit of an aging running back in this league, but 26 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty solid work for the man. And then we had Phillip Lindsay coming up with the backup, eight carries for 25 yards and a touchdown. So we're big fans of Phillip Lindsay. Mark Ingram is obviously very good. David Johnson only getting three carries is definitely mind boggling. I mean, when we just kind of, you know, look at this running back room for the Texans, we really kind of say, hey, David Johnson, 
should kind of be the number one, then maybe Philip Lindsay, the number two, because he's a little bit younger, and then Mark Ingram, kind of the number three back out here, just because he's a little bit older, nice veteran presence, can kind of come in, and you know, whenever you need him to truly get it, get it done, he will get it done, but the Texans kind of go opposite, so once again, got to give credit to this Texans coaching staff, and uh, they may potentially had the opportunity to truly turn this organization around and kind of not even a, a year kind of break. They fired Bill O'Brien, you know, kind of midway through the season last season and uh, or towards the later end, and uh, now they're 1-0 this season. So once again, just huge credit to this Texans team. 37 points looking real gosh dang good. Give them credit. Brandon Cooks getting it done for the wide receivers here for the Texans. Five receptions for 122 uh, yards. Farrell Brown, four receptions for 67 yards. Danny Amendola, five receptions for 35 yards. Uh, so everybody just really getting it done. Quarterback, running back, wide receivers. This Texans team could potentially be dangerous. Next week is their true first test. All right, but now let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. And man, oh man, is this how you really want to kind of throw your quarterback into the fire here? And I've got no problem with starting rookie quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, throwing them out there week one. I've got no problem with that. And once again, we can just talk about, you know, uh, differences in coaching styles. We had, you know, Matt Nagy not wanting to start Justin Fields after, you know, um, you know Andy Dalton, you know, making a promise to Andy Dalton and then Andy Dalton floundering like we knew he would. And I cannot wait to talk about that Rams game because I'm about to unleash unleash on mother loving uh, Matt Nagy for making the dumbest mistake ever that we all knew what was going to happen and it ended up happening so congratulations you went with Andy Dalton who turned the ball over twice and put up 14 points I'm sure Justin Fields could have turned the ball over twice and put up 14 points I don't think that's that hard to do um, but Let's uh, digress a little bit. Trevor Lawrence out here. I mean, geez, Louise. I mean, they called 51 passing plays. And we're going to talk about that. Just an overarching theme, obviously, as we kind of, it seems to be like the NFL is wanting a higher passing league. You know, all the rules kind of benefiting the offense and all that. You know, we know that generally over the last kind of, I would say, four or five years, the rules and everything have been going towards the offense. And, you know, that's a mainstream narrative that is kind of true. I think we can overall say that is just a true statement. And we kind of were seeing that week one. We saw the heavy passing game between the Cowboys and the Bucks. We gave them both both excuses because you have Tom Brady, so why wouldn't you pass the ball? I think he passed the ball like 48 times. And then Dak Prescott, you're missing your right guard. So, you know, your running game is going to be a little lackluster because the offensive line is missing some pieces. So, of course, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, he threw for like 56 times, something like that. So we did see the first game of the season, high passing numbers. And we kind of got it, you know, sprinkled, heavily sprinkled uh, throughout uh, week one on Sunday. So we're going to break all those down. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence out here throwing 51 passes. Jeez, Louise. Sheesh. I mean, Urban Meyer, what are we doing? There's no easing him into it. It, you know, just throwing him out there, and when you ask a rookie quarterback to go on the road and throw 51 times, you're going to get three interceptions, and that's exactly what happened. He went 28 of 51 for 332 yards. I can definitely get behind that. 332 yards on 28 completions? Absolutely. Um when we talk about, you know, what seems like good passing yards compared to what they were doing uh, completion-wise, uh, you know, we like to see kind of 10 yards of completion. That shows that you're not really dinking and dunking, that you're trying to air it out, that you're taking those deep shots. Anything less than kind of average, on average, 
less than 10 yards a completion kind of shows that you were dinking and dunking. So 28 completions for 332 yards. I can get behind that by Trevor Lawrence. And we're definitely going to uh, look at him uh, way more in depth on Wednesday's film study show. But I do kind of want to quickly see if we can bring up these interceptions. Uh, if they were bad, were they his fault, not his fault, anything like that? Was he making bad reads, bad, de bad decisions? Because I can get behind 332 yards, three touchdowns. Definitely got to clean up those interceptions. I'll allow one interception with, for, for these yards. I've, I would have no problem doing that. Um, if we were, you know, consistently competitive and trying to win these games, then I would have no trouble. But if we're not even competitive and you're throwing picks, then we've got to nip that in the bud. But let's get a uh, completion percentage up, up here for Trevor Lawrence. So 28 out of 51. We got 55% um, 50, completion percentage. That is not what we want to do right there. Definitely got to get those numbers up. But, I mean, like we said, I mean, Urban Meyer throwing him into the flames. 51 attempts. Game one for the man on the road. Sheesh, sheesh. Um, they're running back Carlos Hyde, 9 of 44, 9 carries for 44 yards, real solid right there, but use these running backs more. We know you just lost Travis Etienne, unfortunate, the rookie running back that they drafted, but that doesn't mean you have to throw the running game out the window. You can believe in Carlos Hyde. You can believe in James Robinson. I mean, they have gotten it done before in this league, so they are serviceable options out here, and especially when you're rocking with the rookie quarterback, that may have been kind of the smarter option out here. All right, so let's see if we can quickly start uh, bringing up some of these interceptions. Just want to quickly see what these look like. Um, you know, Game Pass is still absolutely trash. You can't go play by play. So, you know, this is going to, you know, be a little bit of an experiment. Week one, you know, getting everything quick as possible. And if it doesn't turn out good, we'll fix it for week two, folks. No worries. We have, uh, what do we got, an extra week? We've got 17 games, 18 weeks. So, you know, if week one's not the not the tidiest, you know, we'll fix it up. No worries. But uh, we have to roll with, uh, you know, what Game Pass gives us, unfortunately, because they want to go down. I don't understand, like, get worse as years progress. I don't know what they're doing over there. But uh, we digress a little bit. So let's see if this first interception comes. Four minutes, 54 seconds in the second quarter. So let's see if we can get there quickly, quickly. 4.54. Got to scroll through the entire game film here. Because we can't do play-by-play -play for some reason. Y'all take it up with Game Pass. I'm about to take it up with Game Pass. I'm over there. Garbage. For, uh, don't get it, but we digress truly. All right, here we go. 540. What do we say? Oh, geez. Now we got to remember the time. Five, 454. 454. All right. So let's back up a couple of seconds here. We're at four minutes. Back it up. Back it up. Ten seconds. 454, Trevor Lawrence. That's all I want to see is his interceptions. And, you know, sometimes the NFL, they put up uh, their own highlight packages themselves, but they don't have the kind of negative uh, plays, the low lights, if you will, the interceptions. So unfortunate there. All right. <clears throat> Maybe we can't do this. This is, <laughs> this is definitely taking way longer than I wanted to. Um, damn, yo. This game pass, y'all, it's about to get on my nerves, and y'all are not going to hear the end of it. I can guarantee you that. I mean, geez, I mean, how can you have such a great service? I mean, folks, look at our videos from last year. I mean, uh, just so precise and quick and everything perfect. Yeah, we can bring up the play right there. We can go to every single play, but it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to do that quickly now. How truly unfortunate. And I'll give Game Pass one week. You got one week to get everything back to normal 
before, you know, I start making a big stink. And you definitely don't want takes by fans to be on your bad side. I'll tell you that right now. Um, so be careful. Watch yourself. So, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to get to this quickly. I mean, I don't even know what the hell is going on. I'm just trying to scroll. And they're bringing up commercials. And it seems like they don't even have this play in here. So, all right. We might not be able to look at all of his interceptions. Truly unfortunate. We just want to see what he was looking like here, throwing all these picks. But uh, Game Pass has other things on their mind, unfortunately. What time's right here? 4.42. So we just got to go back one more commercial break. Come on. All right. This should be it. More commercials. Why are there commercials, folks? Can we stop? With, just cut out the commercials and we'll be good. Damn. Okay, here we go. I think. Jeez. Let's see. Here we go. Okay, finally, folks. Thank you for bearing with us. We finally got it. Here we go. All right. Trevor Lawrence's first interception out of three. Jeez Louise, I don't want to do that two more times. All right, but here we go. Here we go. Finally, second and 13. They're only down 10, and they're at midfield. So, once again, you're in a good place to put up some points, start being competitive in this game, and let's see what Trevor Lawrence does right here. So, here we go. Drops back to pass. Pressure is getting there, slides out of the pocket, and then just overthrows it. Man, oh, man, this is wide open. You've got to make this kind of throw, and this is a great read. This is wide open, but him, Trevor Lawrence, rolling out of the pocket, kind of throwing on the run, not truly setting his feet, and the ball sails on him. So this is 100% Trevor Lawrence's fault. It's just unfortunate the ball did sail on him, but he was making the right read, and the wide receiver was wide open. So this is workable. We can definitely build upon this Trevor Lawrence interception. This isn't that big of a deal it's just unfortunate that you know they you know they lose the game and then in the stats it shows three interceptions so you know the optics of Trevor Lawrence's interceptions don't look good but when you look at them the first one's not bad let's see if we can bring up another one quickly and this is also not good because he went back to back on the interceptions we definitely don't want to see that Back-to-back -back and interceptions drives. And once again, luckily for this uh, Jaguars team, they only give up three points out of all three interceptions. So that was another silver lining here. The Jaguars defense kind of cleans up the mistakes for the overall team of the Jaguars. So that's not bad overall. We can kind of, you know, buy into that decently. All right, let's see if we can bring up this second interception quickly. Hopefully a lot more quicker than the first time. I'm, I know we can do it, folks. Stay with us. Uh, so we got 232 left in the second quarter. So let's go to that. 232 now. Fast forward a little bit. All right, we got 102. So we just got to back it up a little bit. Back it up a little bit here. Let's go to 135. Hour 35 in. Let's see. Got to go back a little bit more here. All right, here we go. Maybe let's just go to the condensed game footage. Got to even go back even more. Okay, now we can get cooking right here. Let's just skip, skip, skip. 
All right, here we go. We've got it up here. Here we go. Trevor Lawrence about to throw his second interception of the day. So here we go. All right. Still only down 10, 17 to 7. Bingo, bingo. Ba backed up big time in his own territory, throwing from his own eight yard line, second and nine. Let's see what he does here. Drops back to pass, clean pocket, but then just doesn't see the, cor the corner just kind of zoning out, and he throws it right to him. And this could potentially be a pick six. We know it's not, but let's see what the defender does. Just doesn't see that defender lurking. Now, this one's way worse than that first interception. Not seeing the defender, that's definitely not great. Luckily, here for the Jaguars' defense, I mean, the Jaguar or the uh, yeah, luckily for the Jaguars defense, they hold the Texans only three points when they literally return the ball to like the Jaguars six yard line. I mean that is absolutely great field position, and the J uh, Jaguars defense holds them to three points. Perfect. They go uh, five and out for only seven yards on fourth and goal from the Jacksonville seven-yard line. They can't do nothing. So very well done there by the Texans, by the Jaguars defense to clean up Trevor Lawrence's mistakes. Uh, let's see if we can bring up this last one, and then we'll put an end to this one, and we will move on to the next game. But uh, let's see this last interception here, 947 in the fourth quarter. So let's bring that up quickly. All right, 947. 9.47. Very, very close. What do we got here? What's the time? Show me the time. We got 9.03, so just back it up a little bit. All right, here we go. Third interception. First was bad, but it's, you know, Fixable second one just not reading the defender and let's see what this third one looks like here All right, here we go Fourth quarter I see what the score is down in distance. Where are they at? All right, so here we go. They're absolutely getting blown out here, 37 to 14. Nine minutes, 47 seconds left, second and one, but they are in Houston territory at the 35-yard line. So knocking in kind of point territory right here, cannot turn over the ball. Let's see how he does it. Here we go, second and one, drops back to pass, clean pocket, throws over the middle of the field, and I don't know what the hell he's looking at here. I mean, he throws this one into like triple coverage, short as hack, and the, def the receiver that he's trying to throw to is like, seven yards behind where this ball is like in front of where this ball is so yeah real bad pick right there geez louise i don't know what the hell that is so two bad picks one not terrible but definitely trevor lawrence is definitely gonna have to get better but uh, you know throwing it 51 times can we really blame them for a real lackluster performance overall they were still able to put up 21 points wasn't really the most competitive. The most competitive it was was 14-7, to but really just lost it from there with all the interceptions and not being able to move the ball. So overall, Trevor Lawrence is definitely going to have to, you know, get, get a little bit better out here, but he's a rookie. Week one, you know, we can, you know, slow learn with the man. Not too slow, but, you know, we'll definitely give him a couple of weeks buffer right here. Um, Alrighty, so... 
Running game, probably utilize that a little bit more. We'll see what Jaguars can do come game two, but uh, Urban Meyer definitely got to be a little bit better out here. Coach up a little bit better and don't pass the ball so much with the rookie quarterback. I mean, Tyrod Taylor only threw the ball 33 times. Why you got Trevor Lawrence throwing it 51 times? That doesn't make any sense. And then we've got this right here. Urban Meyer on blowout loss to Houston in Jaguars debut says, quote, we've all got our ass kicked before. And yeah, that is true. But, you know, OK, um, let's see what he says here quickly. We're just going to read these quotes. So here we go. Quote here by Urban Meyer. I don't really know that word shell shocked other than we've all got our ass kicked before. Let's tighten up and go. I believe in that team. I believe in our staff. Come back to work. Going to earn your captain stripes and leadership stripes as a coach and leader leaders on the team, but I believe in those guys. And once again, you know, Urban Meyer says, you know, this is not a rebuild. We want to be competitive in every single game. Game number one, not the most competitive. Uh, another quote here by um, Urban Meyer, quote, uh, it's in, it's in, inexcusable the things that need to be fixed three preseason games you think we'd have that fixed so that's something that we're going to I would guesstimate you would not see that again and let's see what he was trying to say Jacksonville botched seemingly everything in the sloppiest of sloppy affairs of the road squad they got tagged with 10 penalties 10 penalties including 12 men in the huddle uh, so that's what he was kind of saying hey you know we got to clean up those mistakes all right another quote here uh, let's read the lead up here. The defense was a sieve unable to stop the Texans ground game and allowed receivers to dance free. The offense was a slog with rookie Trevor Lawrence struggling out of the gate, including for the first three interception game of his entire life. Uh, quote here by Urban Meyer or quote here by Trevor Lawrence says, quote, I know I'm going to respond well. I'm made of the right stuff, so I don't have any doubt about that. But it is frustrating, and I hate losing, hate losing. So we're going to get better, but that's all you can do is watch the tape, learn from it, get better, and move on. So you definitely got to get better. Definitely got to start reading the defenses a little bit more, you know, making sure you know where every single defender is on the field so you don't have those, you know, kind of classic, you know, rookie, younger quarterback, not the greatest quarterback mistakes, not seeing the defenders and, uh, you know, set your feet when you throw because, you know, mechanics are everything. The ball will sail on you and if the ball sails on you, you better, you know, expect it to get picked off. So, not the greatest look for the Texans week one, but, you know, we knew that. But uh, we'll see if they can clean it up before uh, kind of week two and uh, get better from there. So, very well done by the Texans and uh, not very well done by Trevor Lawrence. All right, next game up is Washington in the Chargers. And man, oh man, unfortunate. Let's talk about the big elephant in the room, the Washington football team. How unfortunate. Ryan Fitzpatrick gearing up. You know, this was kind of his last ride to be the main guy. And he ends up going down in the game. Unfortunate. I want to say pretty early. Uh, let's see when um, we had Taylor Heineke officially taking over. All right, so Ryan Fitzpatrick playing into the second quarter. Then we have Taylor Heineke coming in and kind of uh, the second quarter with uh, like 45 seconds left, it seems. I uh, came in, no, 8 minutes, 53 seconds. That's when he came in, the second quarter. So, yeah, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play that much in this game. Only went 3 of 6 for only 13 yards. No touchdown, no picks, not turning the ball over. That's good. Uh, he did fumble, but he re he recovered it, thank goodness. But, uh, you know, not really doing anything with Ryan Fitzpatrick. They went 3 and 6, um, kind of 3 and out with only 6 yards. 6 plays, 36 yards, they scored a field goal. He went 7 plays, 11 yards, scored another field goal, and that was kind of... 
kind of his day. So once again, Ryan Fitzpatrick not putting the points on the board. He didn't turn the ball over, which is good. You know, that's kind of our one knock on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he still wasn't putting up the points. So Taylor Heineke comes in and fills in for him. 11 of 15 for 122 yards, one touchdown. And, you know, we saw this, uh, you know, the Washington football team run the ball more than they were passing. Definite outliers, huge outliers that they only passed the ball 21 times. I mean, we're going to, you know, definitely, like I said, you know, we're going to keep track of all these um, passing numbers by the quarterbacks, uh, but, uh, you know, only 21 combined passes here by Washington. That's definitely low. They had Antonio Gibson carry the ball 20 times for 90 yards. Definitely seems like they are going to be running the ball heavily, relying on their defense and rushing the ball, eating at the clock. And it was a competitive game, close game. Unfortunately, they lose, but this could be the right strategy here for Washington moving forward. So we'll definitely keep an eye out on that. Um, all right, Terry McLaurin. Wide receiver for Washington, four receptions for 62 yards. Logan Thomas, their tight end, three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Very well done. Taylor Heineke using the tight ends, using um, his safety blanket weapons out here. Can we bring up uh, this? Uh, we cannot watch the touchdown quickly, so we will not bring it up. Um but very well done. Uh, we had uh, Chase Young with the pass defense for Washington. Let's see. Did he have any sacks? What do we got here? Chase Young, one tackle for loss, no sacks. But he did have a pass defense getting into the screen game, blowing it all up. You love to see it. But uh, they just come up just short here. Uh, they're down 20-16. to 16. With 11 minutes left, they go on a four-minute drive that stalls. They have to punt. They think they're going to get the ball back, but the Chargers just run out the last six minutes and 50 seconds, picking up first down after first down and uh, chewing out the clock. So great credit there for the Chargers, just kind of icing the game with the long drive. And just unfortunate, it's fourth and 12 for Washington with six minutes and 50 seconds left. They have to punt. They have no choice. So just unfortunate. Taylor Heineke keeps the game close, which is great. I mean, that's what we've seen. He's only, you know, had like three starts in this league, and he's copped every game close, never getting blown out, which is a good sign. Uh, he's definitely going to have to do it now because Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be missing some time, it seems. Um, with Washington football team quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick set to miss extended time with the hips, with a hip subluxation, Washington football team has signed quarterback Kyle Shermer to the practice squad. So they'll still be rocking with Taylor Heineke, obviously. But, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was their guy. He came in and kind of won the starting job. Ron Rivera saw something in Ryan Fitzpatrick better than Taylor Heineke. So we'll see how that plays out. Unfortunate here for Washington. All right, then we have Justin Herbert, and he threw the ball. Let's start talking about the Chargers now. He launched the ball. He threw the ball 47 times. Sheesh, sheesh. Let's quickly see. Was this the most he ever threw um, in a game? Let's quickly bring up his uh, career stats from last season. 47 times. Like we said, you know, everybody throwing the ball, and we're going to definitely check. Um, you know, we've got another quarterback that we're going to look at the same uh, kind of thing with. They threw the ball so much that it could potentially be the most times they've ever thrown the ball um, in the NFL. So let's see what Justin Herbert was doing here. So here we go. Justin Herbert, 47 passes from yesterday. 
Let's see what he was doing all last season. So we're just going to read the attempts from last season. Here we go. 33-49. That was week two against Carolina. 25-34-43-43-42-32-49. Again, 52-53-44-32-33-31. So he does have, you know, experience of slinging the ball around 47-plus times. He's got he's not worried about it. Um, unfortunately, through an interception, he went 31 of 47 for 337 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Overall, not bad. Let's Let's get a number on the stats here. 31 completions divided by 47 attempts. We got 66% completion percentage. We'll definitely take that with the 337 yards. The one interception. Let's see where this came. All right, interception came in the fourth quarter when they were down 13-16. to 16. Definitely not the greatest here. And they were at Washington's 20. Oh, no, in the red zone. Luckily, the defense forced a fumble, and then Justin Herbert took that turnover and, like, I'm not turning the ball over again and finished the job uh, marching three yards for the touchdown. So Justin Herbert made a little bit of a mistake, but then cleaned it up when he got the second opportunity. So very well done there by Justin Herbert to score the ball there after throwing a pick but uh and that gives them the lead 20 to 16 and they win the game because of that so um very well done to the Chargers. Uh, 47 passes for Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler had 15 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. Real solid there. And then their other running back, Larry Roundtree, the third. Eight carries for 27 yards. So real solid there. We know Austin Eckler is a real solid option. We believe in him. And, uh, you know, kind of a decent number two right there behind him. But they were focusing on the passing game. So. Well done with the Chargers for a four-point win over Washington, and we'll see how they move on and if Taylor Heineke can kind of impress and kind of be competitive still and maybe start winning some games because, you know, Taylor Heineke, it's good that you're competitive in games, but we do need to see you pull out some wins right here, and that's something that we haven't really seen him do. Um, you know, small sample size, so we can still give him credit and still buy into him. Uh, we'll definitely look at uh, all these 15 attempts come Wednesday when we can break it down a little bit further and a little bit more in depth, but so far got to see some wins out of Taylor Heineke. So Washington loses 20 to 16. And then we have this little stat here. Justin Herbert was pressured on six of his 49 dropbacks against Washington. So that Chargers offensive line is kind of the real deal, especially when we know Washington, the best thing about the Washington football team is, is their defense, especially kind of up front with Chase Young and and some good pass rushers up front, but this Chargers offensive line, Justin Herbert was only pressured on six of his 49 dropbacks. That's real gosh dang impressive. So uh, watch out for this Chargers offensive line. They can protect Justin Herbert no problem, and when you protect protect Justin Herbert no problem, he'll put up 337 yards, and that we can definitely get behind big time. Alrighty, let's move on to the next game here. Seattle at Indianapolis Colts. And man, oh man, the Colts were just not looking great. Their wide receivers were really doing nothing. Um, Carson Wentz wasn't looking anything spectacular. He was looking okay. So let's start here with the Colts from last night. Carson Wentz going 25 of 38. Let's see what that number is. Here we go. 65% completion percentage. Still solid in the range that we do like to see. 62 to 65, but uh, we are on a, this year we are potentially reworking that number to a potential 65 to 67, but Carson Wentz at 65, either way you slice it, that's exactly what we want to see. 251 yards, so, you know, 10 yards of completion, you know, right on the border of dink and dunk, and, you know, extending the field. But he had two 
two touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, I believe he did fumble. He did fumble and lost it. So let's see, let's see where that turnover by Carson Wentz came from. He didn't throw any, inter in any interceptions, which is great, especially given last season. Uh, you know, we didn't think that was going to ca uh, carry over from last season to this season because it was kind of, you know, the Philadelphia team and just kind of the, the overall uh, aura in the locker room and everything wasn't great. So he's not throwing inter any interceptions, and we know that isn't really his game. But he fumbled here in the third quarter when they were down 21 to 10. Uh, so they fumble after getting the Seahawks fumble. So you can't turn the ball over off of a turnover. I mean, that's you can't do that because you're not putting up any points. And then you give them a free pass and the motivate um, all the kind of um, um, the motivation and the overall electricity I'm trying to find the word the overall momentum that's the word the big mo um, the big momentum just goes right back to the opposing team if you don't make them pay for their turnover so Seahawks fumble and then Carson Wentz goes on to fumble luckily the Seahawks can't do anything with it they have to punt off of that fumble but still that was an opportunity to get points it was an 11 point game two possession game and you turn the ball over come on and then they just weren't doing really anything good I mean look at these drives charts here by this Colts team first drive 14 play 67 yards that only results in a field goal you ate up nine minutes on the clock and you only came away with three points let's see what happened here why did it stall second and first and goal from Seattle's nine yard line it's a two yard run and then it's a minus three yard run and then it's a seven yard pass on third and goal from the 10 and now it brings up fourth and three fourth and goal from the three and they end up kicking the field goal so it was a great drive a long drive sustaining drive that uh, you know ate up nine minutes of the clock which is great but if you don't come away with a touchdown there you kind of shot yourself in the foot because yeah you ate up a lot of clock but you only scored three, so, you know, Seahawks come down and score seven, and now, you know, you're out, you're down, you're losing the game, and it's basically the end of the first quarter. And then they go three and out. Their third possession, they score a touchdown, making it 14 to 10, and then they go three and out again, turnover on downs on four plays, and then another three and out, and then another three and out, and then it's Carson Wentz's fumble, and then it's a turnover on downs. Let's see where they were trying to score at. All right, at Seattle's kind of 18-yard line, fourth and two, they go for it. Carson Wentz sacked. Not great. We have that play queued up here, so let's watch it. Here we go. This is the sack. You have to get some points out of here, and why not kick the field goal here? It would make it a one-possession game with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. You would have an opportunity. You would almost most likely have an opportunity right here. Yeah, you give Seattle the ball back with 10 minutes left, up eight points, but it's better than, you know, you know, being down 10 in no chance to win the game. So let's see what happens here. 21-10, Colts down, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they're at Seattle's 19-yard line. Let's see this sack by Carson Wentz here. Drops back to pass. Bull rush right off the right side, but this is a wide open throw. You know it's fourth and two. You know you're going to have to get the ball out of your hands quickly. You know the pressure is going to get there. And let's see, this wide receiver at the top of the screen is wide open, and Carson Wentz does not see him. Look at this, the nice little kind of in route. You should be looking here the whole time. It's a slant route. You only need two yards. What are you looking for? He's not even looking at this side of the field. It's wide open, and then he gets taken down for a sack. This man is staring down the left side of the field, so let's see. The bottom two routes, what was supposed to be the play right here? Anything open? He was open. Two players open. 
One on the right side, one on the left side that he was staring down on, and he doesn't throw him the ball. This is who you're supposed to go to right here. He's not even, I don't know, why are you looking up here? This is supposed to be kind of a pick route to open up this underneath route, but he's looking at the pick routes that you're not really are going to be able to go to here. Why go for the big chunk play when you could just pick up the first down? So Carson Wentz not making the right read here. And he gets taken down for a sack. They don't put up any points. Turnover on downs. And they lose the game because of that. So, you know, two options here. You kick the field goal. Make it an eight-point game. One possession game. And hope your defense can get the ball back. And have Carson Wentz, you know, score the touchdown to the two-point conversion to tie it up. Or you make the right read here on the on the play and pick it up. And then potentially score a touchdown right here. But neither happened. And uh, they lose the game because of it. So, not the greatest out here for the Colts. Our Super Bowl prediction pick right here Super Bowl winning pick right here and they don't get it done so lackluster by Carson Wentz will go deep deeper into Carson Wentz on Wednesday show the running game Jonathan Taylor 17 carries for 56 yards solid Nehem Hines 9 carries for 34 yards so I'll take that running back by committee was solid no Marlon Mack which is a little interesting in the running game. Um, and then the, the receivers right here it's all dink and dunk by Carson Wentz we know there's no um, T.Y. Hilton out there, but you still have to use your other wide receivers. And the number one receiving player for the Colts was Jonathan Taylor. They're running back six care, six receptions for 60 yards. And then their number two receiver was their running back, Nehem Hines. Six receptions for 48 yards. And then it was Zach Poshkel, four receptions for 43 yards. He had two touchdowns, so we'll give him credit. And then it's Michael Pittman Jr., a little bit of a lackluster performance, only three receptions for 29 yards when we really want him to kind of step in and be the number one wide receiver on this team while T.Y. Hilton is out. So underwhelming, lackluster performance by Michael Pittman Jr. in the passing game. For the Colts, and they results in results in a loss. Unfortunate. Carson Wentz with the one turnover. Got to clean that up. Jeez Louise. All right, now let's talk about the Seahawks. Well, don't have to worry about them. Like we knew, they came in on the road against a real solid Colts team and won. It looked good. Russell Wilson, 18 of 23. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we all, you know, that's what we know he does. Let's get a completion percentage on that. I'm sure it's like 70%. Um, 78%. Absolutely fantastic. 78% and only 23 attempts. I mean, once again, you don't need to throw the ball, you know, 51 times. You don't need to do that. Seahawks put up 28 points on only 23 attempts. Throwing the ball we'll take it he put up 254 yards four touchdowns no picks didn't even fumble fumble the ball either you love to see it so um Seattle, Russell Wilson, offense is looking real gosh dang good. Tyler Lockett, four receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns. DK Metcalf, four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown. So their wide receiver core, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf getting it done. The running game, Chris Carson, 16 carries for 91 yards. I mean, this Coles defense really took away nothing. Russell Wilson was able to do whatever he wanted. The running game was able to kind of do whatever he wanted. The wide receivers were always able to get Get open and they win the game decently easily. It was competitive, like we said, 10 minutes left, uh, 11 point game, decently close. But then from that point on, they can't do anything. So, um, very well done by um, this uh, Seahawks team. The offense was looking good. Russell Wilson was looking good. There is no animosity there between Russell Wilson and the coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, the lineman, uh, Pete Carroll, nothing like that. So, all right, we can buy this Seattle team 100% going into week two. Uh, they played a lot better than I thought and a little underwhelming 
performance by the Colts. But, you know, we are not, you know, backing off of this Colts team. We didn't really think they would go undefeated realistically. Uh, you know, we think this team would be having its learning curves up and down, kind of like the the Bucks from last season. They didn't get out to the hottest start. They took their time to get everything figured out. They finished the season, what, 11-5 and five last season? Nothing. I think maybe 10-6. and six. Is that potential? But either around that mark, you know, not undefeated, you know, not only one loss or two losses, anything like that. Uh, we also have the Rams in our Super Bowl prediction. Colts, Rams, and uh, the Rams, they have no learning curve. So we do think the Colts are going to take it a little bit slowly but surely. Uh, hopefully, hopefully a little bit sooner rather than later when they really kick it off. But, you know, we're not bailing. We're not jumping ship on this Colts team quite yet. Let's get T.Y. Hilton back. That's definitely something that's going to have to have to happen for this Colts team to be good now because nobody's really stepping it up. You were at home. This was kind of your opportunity to show you can do it. Uh, these other wide receivers, uh, Poshko, Michael Pittman Jr. need to step it up a little bit, and they were just throwing to the running backs the entire game. So, uh, Seahawks win by 12, 28 to 16. Alrighty, next game up here is the Jets at the Panthers. Ooh, Sam Donald revenge game, and they get the win. Very well done. Lower scoring game. Chris McCaffrey's first game back, and he did what he was expected to do. I mean, this is why we can believe in the Carolina Panthers is because of Chris McCaffrey. Now, Sam Darnold didn't show us anything great. You only put up 19 points at home, nothing great. His stat line, 24 of 35 for 279 yards, one touchdown, no interception. Uh, so his completion percentage is... 68%, 69% if you want to round it up, uh, but we will keep it at 68%, it's 68.5%. Uh, but yeah, that's solid right there, 279 yards on 24 you know, attempts is solid right there. But you know, he was just dinking and dunking to Christian McCaffrey and letting Christian McCaffrey do his thing. Christian McCaffrey, 9 receptions for 89 yards, that's a lot of yards right there. He did go to DJ Moore 6 times for 80 yards. We had Robbie Anderson, 1 catch for 57 yards, so if you take the 89 from Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, the one catch by Robbie Anderson that goes for 57. We kind of see Sam Darnold's numbers a little inflated, and we're not going to knock him for that because you won the game. You were doing what you're supposed to do, but when we're just talking about pure quarterbacking and pure passing, it's a little lackluster overall totality-wise when you just look at those stats. So we want to see Sam Darnold get a little bit better out there. Um, you know, push the ball. And, you know, once again, we're definitely going to be keeping a big eye on Sam Darnold. Was this the right move over Teddy Bridgewater um, and all of that? So they only put up 19 points. Isn't super impressive. You get the win a little bit more impressive. Uh, but he didn't turn over the ball. He did fumble and lose it, but he didn't throw a pick. Uh, but uh, when did this fumble come? Not great. Um, who threw this pick? Oh, that's the Jets. My bad. Um, all right. So here we go. Sam Darnold fumbles right here. Okay, so they are up 0-0. game. They fumble, and then Zach Wilson throws an interception. Jeez Louise. And then the Panthers score off of that interception. So not the greatest there by Sam Darnold to fumble at the Jets' four-yard line on fourth and one. Jeez Louise. Could have been a little bit better than that. Um, so got to be a little bit more clutch. Get it done. You could have put up seven. You put up zero. You potentially gave up points. Luckily, uh, your defense bails you out a little bit and only... Uh, and makes Zach Wilson throw an interception. But uh, solid, okay game by Sam Darnold. Christian McCaffrey, 21 carries for 98 yards. Yes, we know this was what he does, folks. A true dual threat running back out here. 98 rushing yards, 89 receiving yards. Didn't score a touchdown, though, but put up all the freaking yards all over the place. 
So we got to see a little bit better out of Sam Darnold. Uh, the Jets made it close. I mean, the Jets didn't really do anything all game. They put up eight points in the third quarter. At the very end of it, they got the two-point conversion on the touchdown. Very well done. Made it a game going into the fourth quarter, uh, making it kind of 16-8. to And then they, uh, the Panthers score another field goal, kind of putting the game away, 19-8. to And then the Jets really couldn't do anything. They went four plays, two yards, and had a punt. And then they score a touchdown on their very last drive with two minutes left. And then they just weren't able to get the ball back because, you know, no timeouts. And then you just run out the clock. So the Jets, I'll give them credit. They fall to the last whistle. That's a huge sign on Robert Sala. Great coaching right there. And decent by Zach Wilson. Uh, so let's get it up. His stats. Uh, for some reason, NFL.com doesn't have um, his passing stats up here, which is weird. He's the only quarterback that either they forgot to put him up or just aren't showing or whatever it is. So let's go to our other app that we're using on our phone and look up his stats. So Zach Wilson goes 20 of 37 for 258 yards. He had two passing touchdowns in that interception, like we said. So 20 of 37, very low right there on completion percentage. Definitely going to have to get that up. We can't get behind 54%. So, but, uh, you know, as the game progressed, got a little bit better, got a little bit more confident, put up the points. So for that, it's a nice learning curve out here. And we knew this Jets team wasn't going to kind of be, you know, Super Bowl contenders right out of the gate year one, that they were going to kind of have to, you know, slowly get acclimated and get everybody up to kind of par on what they need to do coaching and quarterback-wise because they're rookies at their, you know, respective positions. Positions, but an overall not bad game here by the Jets. Kept it close, kept it competitive, and this is not the best look for this Panthers team that really should have blown out the Jets. I mean, Christian McCaffrey alone, this Carolina defense alone really should have just dug in and really just been great for Sam Darnold to kind of capitalize in short field positions and all that, but they only put up 19 points, so we're still not 100% sold on this Panthers team. Uh, this Panthers uh, game, Jets-Panthers, was one of our uh, picks from this weekend. It was in our um, nine, nope, where is this? It was in our 99% guarantees, Panthers minus four, and they win by five. So that's a hit for us. Fantastic there. Forgot to mention that at the top. Uh, but well done there. Uh, living up to the hype. All right, the other thing about the Jets that we said they would they would have, you know, a little bit of uh, not the greatest night because their wide receivers weren't getting it done. Corey Davis was still able to get it done. Five catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns. So that's huge there that uh, without their number two and number three wide receiver here out there for the Jets, that Corey Davis was able to go out there and get separation when, you know, Carolina should have been doubling him the entire time. He was still able to get separation for two touchdowns and 97 yards in Zach Wilson was able to trust him and find him multiple times throughout the game. So that's great there that this connection is truly the real deal, even when he's the focal point and he, the opposing defense knows he's the focal point. He is still able to get open for scores, touchdowns in this game. So very well done to Corey Davis and Zach Wilson. I love that connection. Um, and hopefully it keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And hopefully Corey Davis can kind of fast track Zach Wilson through the quarterback process through his rookie year because Corey Davis is a great wide receiver. We know this A1 tier one. I've got no problem calling him that. So very well done by Corey Davis. Braxton Barrios, a solid performance, five uh, receptions for 51 yards. He was also targeted seven times, so Zach Wilson able to kind of find him very uh, a lot throughout the game. We'll definitely take that. Denzel Mims, another wide receiver for them, one reception for 40 yards. He was only targeted one time, so he was able to kind of take the top off once and got it done. 
Uh, so overall, not bad here by the receiving core. And once again, not bad by Zach Wilson passing-wise. Obviously, the completion percentage. But like we said, you know, it took him a little bit to get it underneath them. And then really when the second core, or the second half came, he was able to move the ball okay. You know, he scored two touchdowns during that process so we'll definitely give him credit for that but uh, overall decent showing by the Jets and you know it's a win for Carolina but I don't know if it's a real great win Sam Darnold still question mark and you know we are going to kind of look at uh, Sam Darnold in depth here um, but before we move off of this game, let's watch Zach Wilson's interception. We do have this queued up, so let's see what he was looking like here. So here we go. 0-0 game. Second quarter, 9 minutes, 37 seconds left. Second and 10, and the Jets are at the 50-yard line. So potential to move into scoring territory. You cannot force an interception here. Let's see if this was on Zach Wilson or not. So here we go. Zach Wilson in the shotgun. Here we go. Drops back to pass. Plenty of time to throw in the pocket, but he doesn't see this defender over the middle of the field. He makes a great play on the ball, just kind of tips it to himself, and that's a pick. Zach Wilson trying to kind of fire it over the middle of the field. Decently covered, three defenders kind of surrounding the wide receiver, and this defender from underneath able to tip it to himself for the interception. So these rookie quarterbacks, we just saw Trevor Lawrence not seeing this kind of second defender. Zach Wilson not seeing this defender, and it results in an interception. But that's the only one that he threw. Not bad. Definitely can build upon that. He scored two touchdowns, so an overall not bad performance. Completion percentage definitely has to get cleaned up a lot here by Zach Wilson. But other than that, we can definitely start buying this Jets team a little bit more moving forward. All righty. And then here we go. Let's uh, talk about Sam Darnold quickly, and then we'll move on to the next game up. Sam Darnold feels no vindication in beating the, uh, the Jets, his former team, in Panthers' debut, saying, quote, we try to execute to the best of our ability, and that was it. So Sam Darnold not making this kind of a revenge game. Uh, I know that's kind of you know what we've been saying, and I know the media's been kind of making that uh, point as well. But Sam Darnold's like, no, no, no. So let's read this quote here by Sam Darnold. Quote here, you know, I'm not going to lie. Seeing them on the other side, that was a little different for me. But other than that, once you throw that away, you kind of look at the scheme and our offense versus their defense. You kind of forgot about it, forget about it in the middle of the game and while you're playing. We just, we tried to execute to the best of our ability and that was it. So that was the best of their ability. Um... We'll see. I mean, that can't be the best out of Sam Darnold. We definitely have to see them do a little bit better. I mean, you can't just put up 19 points. I mean, it's good for this game because you want it, but 19 points isn't really going to win most of the games you're going to be playing this season. This Jets team that can't really put up the points because of their you know lackluster offense overall collectively. Their defense is okay, but overall there needs to be ways to find ways to put up more points than 19 points. Sam Darnold's going to have to kind of, you know, push the ball down the field. We saw, you know, Christian McCaffrey, the number one wide receiver, targeted wide receiver, receiving wide receiver. Got to get that up a little bit more. So we'll see if he can continue to grow. All right, let's uh, read one quote here by Matt Rule. So here we go. Uh, Coach Matt Rule likes what he saw from Sam Darnold in season opener, saying, quote, it's a good first step. It's a good first game. I think for him, this was probably a real step forward. He was in the moment the whole game. I didn't have a lot of concerns. I was just anxious to see how he would be playing the Jets at the, and the moment. He looked like he had fun the whole day. That was not a moment where I was, there was not a moment where I was like, hey, calm down, hang in there. Coming into this game, I think I talked to Scott and I felt like he was at least 
like he was the least of my concerns. I wasn't worried about Sam. He was locked in this whole week. I think he he has played that well. I think people will just have to wait and see how he plays as we move forward. Truly that. Uh, my job is to help him play well, not to see if he plays well right so we will come back on Monday and Tuesday and continue to work with him. As I said before, he is the kind of guy you want to succeed. When you have those types of guys in the building, things are good. So uh, Matt Rule says this is a good building game for Sam Darnold. We agree, and we'll see if he can progress moving forward. Uh, but an overall solid first look by both of these teams. Um, you know, Jets, unfortunately, they get the loss, but some silver linings here with uh, Zach Wilson. Alrighty, next game up is the Vikings and the Bengals, and we are 1,000% off on this Vikings team. What the hell is going on with this Vikings team? They turned the ball over so gosh dang much in the crucial of crucial situations in every single game. And this dates back to last season, folks. They only won seven games last year because of all the turnovers at the wrong time. And now it's continuing here in 2021. Mike Zimmer, this was supposed to be your final year to clean everything up, get the defense right, and make Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook finally work at a quarterback running back kind of tandem that has kind of above average talent out here. But now you're losing to the Bengals on the row with Joe Burrow's first game back. What the hell and it all is because of this let's get to this straight away in overtime the vikings move down march down the field in uh in regulation and kick a field goal a nice 53 yard field goal that he had to kick twice because the Bengals iced them and he made it and then he had to kick again and he made it again so the great job by the kicker to force overtime and then the vikings just flounder in overtime because they want to turn over the ball luckily they got a second chance at it. They got the they got the, the Bengals had the opening kick in overtime. I guess we can just look at the drive charts here. Uh, they go five and out, have to punt. The Vikings get an opportunity. They have to go three and out and punt. Uh, luckily, the Vikings defense makes the Bengals go three and out again in overtime and punt, giving the uh, the Vikings another opportunity, another shot to win this game in overtime. And let's see what they do. Two minutes left. First and 10, and they're on the Bengals' 39-yard line. Very, very close uh, to field goal position, and next score wins the game. Let's see what they do here. This Vikings team with Dalvin Cook running the ball and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Let's see what they do. They hand off the ball. All you have to do is get into field goal position and hold on to the ball. And what does Dalvin Cook do? He fumbles the ball. Now, questionable call here whether he was down or not. Unfortunately, they rule fumble on the field so they have to stay with the call but still you shouldn't be losing the ball you shouldn't be putting the refs in this opportunity to make this controversial call you have to hold on to the ball it's like we're talking about Delvin Cook folks he's highly regarded as the number two running back and now because of this I don't even want to hear anybody ever again and I don't think a lot of people have done this but now it's out of the realm of possibilities you are not allowed to do this to say that Delvin Cook is better than Derrick Henry ever again there is no reason why you should say that. Derrick Henry does not fumble the ball like Delvin Cook does. So let's watch this play in slow motion. He's going to the ground. Definitely seems like his butt is on the ground, but you can't see where the ball is. Let's see if we can get a second look here. Another look. Let's keep watching these replays. Here we go. Delvin Cook going to the ground. 
yeah, kind of seems like the ball may be coming free, but it's so hard to tell on replay. So that's why the call just has to stand on the on the field. And it kind of seems like it's a little simultaneous and you can't overturn this call. There's no way you can overturn this call. It's unfortunate, but this is what the rules are. You know, if it's not 100% clear, concise, you cannot turn over the call. And because everything is crowded and you really can't get a firm, good look, you have to just keep the call on the field. Now, I really think the call on the field should have been kind of down by contact. Uh, so maybe a wrong call on the field. But like we said, you shouldn't have even put the refs in this position to do it. Dalvin Cook turns over the ball. And that is very, very well done by the Bengals to go down and score the game-winning field goal. Uh, so it's not a tie. It's nothing like that. They don't flounder their last opportunity to the third shot in overtime. They go down and march 46 yards in two minutes and kick the game-winning field goal. So Vikings, man. We didn't like them coming into this uh, into the season. We did bet on them. We had them Vikings minus three, and they just you know this was uh, our only real wrong pick. This was our real only wrong pick. Unfortunate. So yeah. Vikings minus three. I mean, biting us in the butt, not doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, they're better than this Bengals team, or on paper they should have been, but they didn't play like the better team. They got down kind of big. They were down 21-7 to at one point, had to claw their way back, and then floundered their opportunity in overtime. So 100% off on this Vikings team. I do not care anymore. Kirk Cousins never steps up to the occasion, rises to the occasion. Delvin Cook squanders all the occasions and the rising moments that he's ever have been given, and I am totally done with this Vikings team. Mike Zimmer gives up uh, 27 points defensively to this Bengals team. Joe Burrow's first game back. So it's just, I'm over this Vikings team. They are absolutely trash, and I don't care if it's week one. I don't care. We're seeing the same things that we just saw last year. If you're going to carry the same things from last season that you know were mistakes into this season, week one, that means you didn't learn. That means you weren't coached well enough, and that means you didn't put in the time. So I'm not going to bother you know, wasting my time and putting my time in y'all that didn't put in the time in yourselves. We'll talk about everybody else. We'll talk about James Winston, who got it done. I'll talk about him. Screw Kirk Cousins now. Truly. Screw Delvin Cook. Absolutely pathetic last night. All right, let's start talking about this team overall now, both these teams. So Joe Burrow goes 20 of 27. Once again, Joe Burrow not kind of throwing the ball 51 times. Fantastic. Um, so let's get his completion percentage number up. 20 of 27. What do we got here? We got 74% completion percentage. We absolutely love that. He went 261 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and he didn't even fumble the ball. No turnovers for this Bengals team. Very, very well done. And like I said, I have to apologize a little bit to this Bengals team because I did not think they would be kind of this good. And I know it's only one week and all that, but I didn't even know they would be able to put up 27 points and look like this and kind of get it done in a high-pressured situation in overtime and force that last turnover in overtime so I got to give credit to this Bengals team and Joe Burrow and what Zach Taylor has done to get them ready for the season so I got to give them credit for their for everybody for this Bengals team great job week one all right Joe Mixon 29 carries for 127 yards fantastic truly relying on the running game it wasn't that supposed to be kind of you know the knock on this Bengals team the offensive line well they protected uh, Joe Burrow let's see how many sacks uh, the Vikings had uh, can we go to team stats we can't even go to team stats how unfortunate um, but uh, let's see how many sacks this Vikings defense had we'll have to tally up the numbers ourselves so they had one sack two three four five 
Okay, yeah, maybe a little bit too many sacks there. Five sacks is a little bit too much there, but they still were able to run the ball decently throughout the entire game. Joe Burrow didn't kind of throw a pick off of, you know, all the pressure. So for that, the Bengals line did kind of hold up decently. So not bad. Um, Jamar Chase, all right, all right, man, oh, man, man, oh, man, man, oh, man, Jamar Chase, once again, we, you gave us nothing to really sink our teeth into in the preseason, but man, oh, man, this man just played lights out, so we definitely have to apologize to Jamar Chase, and, uh, let's just watch every catch by Jamar Chase, we have to expedite this, we cannot wait till Wednesday's, uh, film study to watch Jamar Chase, because this man absolutely got it done, it's preseason, uh, you know, him, you know, not being able to get the separation and even catch the ball. I mean, let's talk about his catches, folks. Here we go. He was targeted seven times, and he had five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. The man truly came alive when it truly mattered. For So for that, Jamar Chase, we tip our cap. We apologize. Absolutely fantastic. So let's see what he did and if uh, the film lives up to the stats or if we have to take our apology back because they were all wide open or whatever they were. But here we go. Jamar Chase, let's see what he was looking like uh, week one. So here we go. Just a, a, a kind of a wide receiver sweep that goes for nothing uh, minus two yards uh, trying to kind of get him into a rhythm early there I've got no problem with that alrighty here we go lined up at kind of the middle of the screen right here in the slot at the top so here we go and there he is bingo bango wide open a great route ran let's kind of uh, watch this one again here he is just going to kind of run a uh, little bit of a uh, corner route here towards the sideline. And it's wide open, finding that uh, the soft spot between the safety and the corner. Wide open, and he catches the ball. Fantastic. Not kind of drops the ball or anything like that when you're wide open and you get in your own head. A nice, secure catch there by Jamar Chase. All right, here we go again. A nice little slant route at the bottom of the screen, and it goes for about 10 yards. Real solid on third and seven. Great job for the first down pickup. Jamar Chase coming up big time. All right, here we go. Joe Burrow going deep this time, and Jamar Chase able to get that great separation. Absolutely fantastic. And is that on Patrick Peterson down here, number 21 at the bottom of your screen? Shut down veteran cornerback getting burned by the rookie. I mean, that's a real solid yard of separation, yard and a half of separation, and Jamar Chase takes it for the touchdown, and uh, Joe Burrow, well done with the confidence. It's uh, 41 seconds left. They're at the 50-yard line, and they just bomb it away. And Jamar Chase gets the separation, Makes the catch, shakes off the last second try to bring down by Patrick Peterson, and it's a touchdown. Fantastic. Once again, at the bottom of the screen, it's a slant route. They gave him way too much separation on third and 16, and they pick. Do they pick up this first down on third and 16? Jamar Chase? Jeez Louise, you better start pressing this man. All right, and then in overtime, a wide receiver screen. That goes for about four or five yards. That brings them to kind of midfield. That helps them on their way to kick the game-winning field goal. So, Jamar Chase, absolutely magnificent job. And, uh, yeah, man, oh, man, maybe we're a little wrong. Preseason truly doesn't have or hold that much weight once it comes to the regular season. So, Jamar Chase truly got it done. All right, T. Higgins also got it done. Four receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown. Fantastic. Uh, the Vikings, all right, let's talk about them. Kirk Cousins goes 36 for 49. 36 for 49. Let's see what that completion percentage is. 
It is 73% completion percentage, which, once again, that's all good. When you look at your Kirk Cousins stats, they're always so good. 70% completion percentage, 351 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He didn't fumble. It was just Delvin Cook with the one turnover, and that came at literally the worst spot in the game, which happens all the time with this Vikings team. So no accountability. What the hell is going on here? Kirk Cousins' stat line looks good. Doesn't result in a win, though. Unfortunate. I will give him a little bit of credit here for uh, helping his team march down here with only a minute 48 seconds left to go down nine plays, 60 yards, a nice 27-yard pass by Kirk Cousins, six-yard pass, six-yard pass, 14-yard pass, and then they set up the game-winning field or the game-tying field goal to force overtime. So once again, it's, you know, you can find good things about Kirk Cousins, but it doesn't result in the wins, and him and Delvin Cook, one of them will always turn over the ball at the worst time in the game. So we're still not buying this Vikings team, and we'll never buy Kirk Cousins, but I'll give him a little bit of credit there. Delvin Cook, 20 carries for 61 yards, a touchdown, also a fumble that lost him the game. Adam Thielen, nine, care, nine receptions for 92 yards, and he had two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, five receptions for 71 yards. He had nine targets, though, so four you know, incompletions there targeted towards Justin Jefferson, but he still put up 71 yards. So overall, this Vikings team couldn't beat the Bengals at home, and very well done by the Bengals. We'll give him credit for that. All right, next game up here is the Cardinals and the Titans. Jeez Louise, man, oh, man. This Titans team offensively did not look good, did not look good at all, and it had to do in part by uh, Chandler Jones just absolutely rocking this offensive line. Chandler Jones, five sacks in the offensive lineman that, you know, was supposed to guard Chandler Jones the majority of the game had this to say. Taylor Luan thanks Chandler Jones saying, quote, for exposing him. So he says, thanks for exposing me. He said, quote, got my ass kicked today. No way around that. And then goes on to say, you know, I'm going to use this as motivation and fuel to get better. So, uh, you know, you've done your job when you've, got, <laughs> when you've got the opposing player that you're going against thanking you for kicking your ass. So um, we'll see if uh, Tyler Luan can fix it. But, uh, you know, if you're <laughs> allowing five sacks from one individual, good luck. So this Titans team not looking the best. And this could be the, the downfall of this Titans team. We've seen Ryan Tannehill for like a season and a half. AFC Championship game, second round exit, and now everything is just kind of coming down to getting worse and worse every single season. So this Titans team might not be able to kind of get back to, you know, their great shape and their great form and their kind of, uh, you know, solid playoff tier every single year. They may have found kind of their max and people have, may have figured out how to stop this team overall. So, Ryan Tannehill goes 21 of 35 for 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Unfortunate there with the turnover. Uh, completion percentage was only 60%, real low. Let's see where this interception came. Interception came when they were down 31 to 13, unfortunate, um, on their own 30-yard line. So, uh, they were kind of getting their ass blown out anyway. Doesn't really matter. Came in the third quarter, and they just weren't able to do anything uh, for the rest of the game. So, they also had a fumble. Ryan Tannehill fumbled twice and lost both of them. You're telling me Ryan Tannehill had three turnovers? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. First fumble comes on their second drive. Cardinals cash in with the touchdown, making it 10-0. All right, he's got another fumble. Let's see where this one comes. 
So he throws the interception, then their next drive is a fumble, and then the Cardinals take advantage of that fumble, scoring a touchdown. So they scored 14 points off of uh, three turnovers by Ryan Tannehill alone, and the Titans only put up 13 points. So if the Cardinals didn't put up any points offensively on their own, Ryan Tannehill gave them the game himself. Not the greatest there by Ryan Tannehill. So a little exposed out here by Ryan Tannehill. And we know, you know, his ceiling is an above average game manager. And uh, that was not a game manager game by Ryan Tannehill last night. All right, Derrick Henry, 17 carries for 58 yards. Jeez Louise. Once in Derrick Henry was even kind of getting locked up. This is a lackluster game by Derrick Henry overall. So hopefully, you know, we want to see this man break the rushing record single season rushing record and you know doing 58 yards a game that's not going to get it done so Derrick Henry was under lock all right let's see how these Titans wide receivers did we had a Chester Rogers be the leading wide receiver here re leading receiver for this Titans team four receptions for 62 yards AJ Brown four receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown Julio Jones kind of locked up all game only three receptions for only 29 yards he was targeted six times so just nothing great here Ryan Tannehill couldn't get the ball to his playmakers constantly enough and they only put up 13 points so underwhelming game here by the Titans but this Cardinals team Sheesh, sheesh. We were looking at the the wrong quarterback taking that year three leap. Kyler Murray going into year three, and the man absolutely lit it up last night. They put up 38 points. He goes 21 of 32 for 289 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw an interception, but at four touchdowns, I can get behind that. No worries, um, especially when you're putting up 38 points. I, I, I can kind of excuse it a little, a little bit. All right, let's get his completion percentage up here. Here we go. Kyler Murray, 65% completion percentage. Absolutely fantastic. The running game got it done. Chase Edmonds, 12 carries for 63 yards. James Conner, 16 carries for 53 yards. So running back by committee, which we know the Cardinals are going to be running throughout this entire season. We've read it um, in the offseason. It truly got it done while Kyler Murray also getting it done. So this kind of running back by committee with Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray with all these weapons, absolutely fantastic. Now let's talk about these wide receiver weapons. Obviously, we know they have you know DeAndre Hopkins, who was the leading receiver here for the Cardinals six receptions for 83 yards and two touchdowns then we have Christian Kirk five receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns then we have their rookie Rondell Moore four receptions for 68 yards then we have Chase Edmonds their running back four receptions for 43 yards and then we have AJ Green targeted six times only two receptions for 25 yards but I mean sheesh all their wide receivers truly stepping it up we want to see AJ Green kind of get up to that top tier but Christian Kirk Rondell Moore all getting open all getting it done there's a lot of weapons here for the Cardinals and if you don't have a good defense you're going to get exposed and this Titans team has a working defense in progress and they gave up 38 points so not great here by this Titans team very well done by the Cardinals to absolutely blow out the Titans from start to finish they got out to a 17-0 lead, and then the closest the Titans ever made it was 24-13, and that was it. So Ryan Tannehill is going to have to get better. We'll see if this new offensive coordinator here for the Titans can kind of figure out a way for this Titans team to score the ball because we saw the Titans offense in preseason score the ball. They were like one of the top five scoring teams, and they put up, you know, great points throughout the first two two games, you know, 30, winning kind of like 30 points, putting up like 30 points. Fantastic. So uh, the Titans offensive coordinator and maybe offense – 
may not be that great for the regular season, but uh, we'll try not to overreact too much on week one. But at home against this Cardinals team, very, very blowout here for the, for the Titans. So very well done by the Cardinals. Alrighty, next game up is the 49ers and the Lions. And folks, this is, I'm going to count this as a win for us in our picks. Now, we have the 49ers minus 8. They only win by 8, but we all know how this game went, folks. No, the 49ers blew out this Lions team. This was a 41-17 game. 41 to 17 game with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then somehow the 49ers give up two touchdowns, making it 41 to 33 and giving the Lions an opportunity with 52 seconds left in the game to go down and potentially tie up the game with a touchdown and two point conversion. So I don't know what the hell was going on here with San Francisco, San Francisco blowing the big old lead and uh, making our win turn into a push. So we don't love that, but we are going to count that as a win. Uh, um, you know, these backdoor covers are lame, and our original thinking is kind of, you know, what, you know, we base our wins and losses on. We knew this 49ers team would blow out the Lions, and they blew out the Lions. It's just unfortunate the Lions clawed their way back because the 49ers allowed that. Now, I will give credit to Dan Campbell for never quitting, and that's exactly what Dan Campbell's personality is, folks. As a head coach, it's, yeah, you know... Not great when we're just kind of losing, but if we're losing big, he will be able to kind of juice up the team enough to get great production kind of when they're getting their ass kicked and never quit mentality. That's why Dan Campbell's great, but it doesn't result in the wins as we just saw. It kind of, you know, in the grand scheme of things, first look, you're like, oh, this was a competitive game. And that's what Dan Campbell, his coaching style is. It's, hey, quick glance, wow, that was a competitive game. But when you look at the stats and then you look at how they were scoring and when they were scoring and, the, oh, they actually kind of got blown out here big time. Oh, my God, they were down four. They were down 38 to 10. Oh, my God, they were down 41 to 17. Oh, my God. You know, so this was a total different game. So, you know, on paper... When you're just looking at the final, oh, Dan Campbell can coach, but it's like, no, he got down big. Let's see some of these uh, drives here by this Lions team early on through quarters one through four before they had that kind of breakout scoring. So here we go. First drive by the Lions. They go six plays, 39 yards. Unfortunately, have a turnover on downs. They went for it on fourth and two at the 49ers 35-yard line. Once again, uh, you know, uh, competitive play calling here by Dan Campbell. I've got no problem going for it on fourth and two. Um, then they get a fumble. Uh, the 49ers fumble on their first drive and the Lions miss a field goal. A 51-yard field goal that is no good. Unfortunate. Then the 49ers score a touchdown. They answer very well done there by the Lions going on a 13-play, 67-yard drive that eats up seven minutes to tie up the game. And then the 49ers put up another touchdown, and then the Lions kind of fold a little bit, only settling for a field goal. And then they score another touchdown, making it 21 time. And now the Lions can't even keep up, and it's all getting poured on them. They throw a pick six, and then they go three and out. Now they're down 28 to 10, and they get another field goal. Now they're down 31 to 10 after... Uh, going into halftime, their first drive after halftime, they go four plays, one yard, they have to punt. Their second drive after halftime, it, they score a touchdown on a seven-play, 75-yard drive. Uh, just because of a big play here by DeAndre Swift. Let's watch this real quick replay right here. It's second and four. Jared Goff. 
set up screen and it goes all the way DeAndre Swift takes it 40 plus yards to the house 43 yards officially so that's how they score their touchdown on one big chunk play making it 38 to 17 then they're back to three now a turnover on downs and then they're finally at the two touchdowns to make it seem competitive but they were you know decent I'll give them credit you know the 7-7 game right there uh they're trying to stop the bleeding <laughs> you know at the uh, 14 to 10 but uh you know unfortunately we know Jared Goff we know he can't just single-handedly win y'all the game I mean you know facing a good team and getting blown out big and getting down bad that's not what Jared Goff thrives in or even you know is good in Jared Goff just needs to kind of be a game managing quarterback out here and this Lions team isn't really set up for that so Dan Campbell loses his first game Let's talk about Jared Goff out here. He goes 38 for 57. Jeez, 57 passes. 38 for 57. Uh, 66% completion percentage, solid there. 338 yards on 38 completions. A little bit of dink and dunk and, you know, 40 yards coming by DeAndre Swift on one play. Classic. He had three touchdowns in a pick. We already talked about the interception, the pick six. Not great. Uh, now let's talk about the Lions running game. Jamal Williams, 9 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift had 11 carries for 39 yards, so solid running back by committee out here. DeAndre Swift in the run, uh, receiving game, 8 receptions for 65 yards. Once again, dink and dunk. TJ Hawkinson, 8 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. Led the league in receiving, so Jared Goff going to his tight end and running backs. His, his top 3 receivers are his tight end and running back. TJ Hawkinson, 97 yards. DeAndre Swift, 65 yards. Jamal Williams, 56 yards. So, Jared Goff going to his safety blanket weapons. That's nothing we can really buy into. So, Jared Goff not Testing his receivers, testing his weapons. That's not anything we love to hear. All right, now let's talk about this 49ers passing game. Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback out there. Trey Lance didn't even see any action. The kind of, you know, quarterback by committee did not make an appearance week one. So Jimmy Garoppolo, the only starter out here, the only quarterback out here for the 49ers. He goes 17 of 25. 17 of 25. Let's see what that is numbers-wise, percentage-wise. 68%, so we can get behind that. Fantastic. He threw for 314 yards, only one touchdown, and 17 completions. I mean, just absolutely slinging the ball around, and, you know, this Lions defense isn't the best. All righty, they're uh, running backs out here. Eli Mitchell, 19 carries for 104 yards and one touchdown. Raheem Mostart not getting really any play. Two carries for 20 yards. So the 49ers just rocking it with Jimmy G and Eli, Eli Mitchell, truly getting it done in the running passing game. Debo Samuel getting wide open every single time. 12 targets, nine receptions for 189 yards. What what cornerback was guarding Debo Samuel the entire game? Jeez, jeez. Uh, let's go to our website right here, playerprofiler.com. Let's quickly see if they um, update these uh, game logs on a game-to-game -game basis. We got to get the Lions corners backs up here um, because I got to see. We got to search for them, and then we'll see if they were uh, – <clears throat> let's see if um, they put the stats up there on Player Profiler playerprofiler.com on a weekly basis all right so here we go what corners do we have to look up uh let's get um effetu melenfro oh my goodness i don't even know how to pronounce this man's name all right but let's see if we can find this man on playerprofiler.com cornerback here for the lions effetu 
Efetu. Here he is. <clears throat> All right. All right. Here we go. They got game logs for this season. Hopefully. Uh, they got nothing on this man. Okay. Okay, so they don't got nothing up on him. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Jalen Ramsey just because, you know, he high profile, high profile player that we can look up quickly. See if his game one stats are up here. They do not have the 2021 season. Okay, so we don't we can't uh, see who was kind of covering him the bulk of the time, but Debo Samuel was just getting wide open every single play. Jeez Louise. So Debo Samuel got it done. George Kittle, second leading receiver here for the 49ers. Four receptions for 79 yards, getting it done. Uh, so overall, the 49ers really just blew out the Lions. It seemed close at the end of the day, but Lions putting up 14, uh, 16 points in the fourth quarter. It's like already way too little, way too late here for the Lions. So Dan Campbell's first game out is a loss. All right, and then here we go. Niners defensive end Nick Bosa says Lions rookie Panay Sewell uh, is going to be good. He's more comfortable on the left side. So we know Panay Sewell is on uh, the left side from last night's game because the right tackle got injured, or so the left tackle got injured, so he had to move from the right side to the left side. He was at left side in college, moved to the right side here in Detroit, and now is back at the left side. So let's see how many uh, sacks the Lions gave up just to kind of see, put a nice little – solid stat on what uh, the offensive line here for the Lions was doing. So the 49ers, let's count their sacks. Here we go. One sack, two sack, three sack, not terrible, three sacks. Um, you know, definitely, you know, not terrible. Definitely could be a little bit better. But overall, I think you can live with three sacks. Um, so overall, yeah, Panay Sewell in the the rushing game for the Lions, real solid. Jamal Williams, 54 yards, like we said. DeAndre Swift, 39 yards. So running game, protecting Jared Goff's real solid out there. So big praise here by uh, Nick Bosa by saying, hey, Panay Sewell is good, folks. And he's going to be – he's way more comfortable on the left side. So we'll see when the left tackle gets back from his injury, do they move Panay back to the right side? So we will keep an eye on this kind of dance that the Lions are doing with uh, Sewell. On the offensive line. And then bad news here for the Lions. Cornerback Jeff Okuda suffered a ruptured Achilles. And he may have been the cornerback that was getting burned by Debo Samuel. Which is never great. Uh, so he is out for the entire year. And then we had George Kittle. Uh, you know, this nice, great uh, kind of, uh, I don't even know what you want to call this, a stiff arm. It's a stiff punch. I mean, you see him making a tight fist right there and just getting this defender right off of him. But that's what we know George Kittle does. And then he had the league gushing all over him, um, making all these comments uh, about him. So we know George Kittle is great, great tight end, had a great game. And uh, hopefully everybody that, you know, participated at tight end university, didn't participate in tight end university, was, you know, watching all the tight end university tight ends in week one and it will we'll definitely break them down uh way more in depth in the later this week potentially tomorrow as well uh but watch out for the tight ends folks they truly got it done last night in all their games so 49ers truly do blow out the lions 41 to 33 uh closer <clears throat> um not closer than what it seemed uh truly a blowout all right, next game up here is the Steelers and the Bills, and this is one of the games from this week where you cannot over-exaggerate the losing team. Unfortunately, there were a couple of games. We could talk about them quickly. Steelers-Bills was one of them. Um, maybe we can't talk about them quickly. 
um, yeah, Steelers Bills was one of them. Colts Seahawks is another one of them. Um, and then the Chiefs Browns is another one of them where great game. Unfortunately, one team has to lose, and that's what the Bills Steelers was. So we're gonna go heavy in depth in Josh Allen on Wednesday show, looking at really all of his throws because Bills fans were truly not happy with Josh Allen. So let's quickly go over what Josh Allen did. Well, he threw the ball 51 times, folks, and that's what we're saying. We're, we're seeing all these inflated passing numbers so early on in this season, and we know that's some, you know, the the way that the league is heading in some sense, but not this sense. I mean, we, we've covered some games already today where the quarterback is throwing like 23 times and the running back is, you know, carrying the ball, you know, 15, 20 times, and they're winning and looking good and moving the ball and putting up all the points. So you don't just need to be purely passing. You can still get it done running and passing the ball so I don't know where this kind of instant mindset of everybody just throwing kind of the running game out the window and just going pass 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 because look at Josh Allen 30 of 51 and I don't want to put all the blame on Josh Allen out here I don't think he looked that awful. Um, you know, Bills fans, they are, you know, they are passionate and they, you know, they do scrutinize easily. So we will see if their, you know, their scrutiny lives up to it. Like I said, we're going to go heavy on Josh Allen on our Wednesday film study day. But, and, you know, seeing, you know, do the fans have any real kind of credit of judging Josh, Josh Allen very, very heavily and harshly and all that? You know, we know he's on this kind of, the, he's very, very high in the media because of what he did last season, truly out of the blue. And, you know, we're talking about either a year four, just kind of a step back or a minuscule foot adjustment. That's what we classify it as. But overall, not the best game. And it does result in his loss, but they did face the Steelers. It's just unfortunate. Sometimes you have to face a real great game week one. The Chiefs and the Browns. Unfortunately, the Browns were looking good, but it's the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes. 10-point comeback. No big deal because it's Patrick Mahomes. Anybody else, the Browns probably win that game, but you have to face a great team week one. Does that mean we should uh, fall out of love with the Browns and say they're trash and say Baker Mayfield can't play and Kevin Stefanski can't coach and Nick Chubb can't run? No, of course we shouldn't be saying any of that when they're facing great opponents. Now, you know, the Vikings losing to the Bengals because Delvin Cook fumbles in overtime. Yeah, we write them off we don't even need to see. I won't even talk. I'm not even. I'm done with the Vikings, folks. I'm done with the Vikings. We are not even going to be talking about the Vikings for the rest of the year, folks, because we know that that's the same thing over and over and over again. Josh Allen, this is not the same over and over and over again. So Josh Allen, 30 of 51. Completion percentage is 58%. That's definitely not anything we want to see. We know this. But I want to give kind of a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here to Josh Allen because he threw the ball 51 times. Has Josh Allen ever threw the ball 51 times in a game? So let's go to his game logs from last season. Did he th ever throw 51 times last season? So let's see. We're just going to read the attempts from last season. Here we go. List them off. 46, 35, 33, 34, 41, 27, 43, 18, 38, 49, 24, 40, 43, 40, 36, 25. So the man did not even throw the ball as much as he did last season that he did week one. And everyone wants to jump off the Josh train kind of tr Josh Allen train and say he's trash and can't play. The man, I don't even know if he's ever thrown 51 times. Let's go back to 2019 quickly. We're just going to read off the uh, attempts. Here we go. 37, 30, 36, 28, 32, th uh, 26, 34, 20, 41, 33, 25, 24, 39, 25, 26, 5. 
and then go back to his rookie season. Did he throw 51 times? I doubt he would throw 51 times in his rookie season, but let's list them off. Here we go. 15, 33, 22, 33, 19, 19, 33, 36, 26, 41, 26. So you asked him to throw the most he's ever thrown in a game against a good defense week one. It's not going to look that great right off the rib. Again, settle down on Josh Allen. I think he's definitely earned at least one kind of free wild card where people want to start calling him trash. He can cash in that kind of free pass and be like, y'all, give me the week. Give me the game. Chill, chill. He threw the ball 51 times, folks. Sheesh. Give the man a little bit of a break. Completion percentage definitely needs to be a little bit better, though. I will uh, agree with that. <clears throat> so Josh Allen at the best game. Uh, they got out to a good start, 10 nothing against the Steelers. But then, you know, the Steelers, they're, once again, two good teams. This was a dogfight the entire time. No team really had true control. Even though the Bills were up by 10, they weren't in true control of this game. Just because the Steelers were down by 10 doesn't mean they were getting blown out or smacked in this game. It was great defense going against good offenses. That's what it was. And then the block punt that really kind of secured the game for the Steelers. Uh, block kick six. I mean, that's really what it was. So relax on Josh Allen. We'll go over it a little bit more in depth on Wednesday to see if there's any validity in canceling Josh Allen. I don't know if there is. Devin Singletary. He had 11 carries for 72 yards. I mean, the running game was working, but they just never stuck. Why? Why not just keep going with the running game? I mean, uh, it doesn't make sense to have Josh Allen throw the ball 51 times. All right, Stephon Diggs, leading wide receiver here for the Bills, was getting it done. Nine receptions for 69 yards. Cole Beasley, eight receptions for 60 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, a little bit of a tough game. A couple of drops here. He had 52 yards. Dawson Knox, a tight end, 41 yards there. So not bad overall. It's just unfortunate the Bills lose 23-16. Now let's talk about the Steelers here. Here we go. Big Ben only threw the ball 32 times. I mean, what the hell is going on? Big Ben... Only throwing the ball 32 times. Josh Allen should be throwing the ball like 32 times. Uh, not great completion percentage here by Big Ben either. Uh, I mean, once again, we're not writing off Big Ben. He had like 58% completion percentage too. Let's get the actual number up here. Uh, 56, so even worse than Josh Allen. So, you know, we're not go. We're not selling Ben Roethlisberger. We're not selling Josh Allen. It's it just they went against two good defenses, folks. This Bills defense is good. This Steelers defense is good. Top 10 defense. No, no debate. Uh, Najee Harris had a real bad game once again because you know this Bills defense is good and maybe the Steelers offensive line isn't the best Najee Harris a little disappointing real disappointing I'll say 16 carries for only 45 yards only 2.8 yards a carry that's not good so Najee Harris couldn't even get it done Josh Allen didn't get it done Najee Harris didn't get it done Ben Roethlisberger didn't get it didn't get it didn't get it done are all these players just trash or did they go against good defenses they went against good defenses folks everybody take a breath it's just unfortunate sometimes you have to face good teams week one all right leading wide receivers here for the Steelers Juju Smith-Schuster four receptions for 52 yards Chase Claypool three receptions for 45 yards Deontay Johnson five receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown so once again we know they've got great wide receivers and tight ends here they're deep here uh, by the Steelers and they decently got it done Alrighty, so the block punt uh, for the six here for the Steelers, making it 20 to 10. Bills coming back and having to settle for a field goal, uh, making it 20 to 13. And then the Steelers get a field goal, kind of put the game away by 10 again. And then the Bills go down and score another field goal. So we're definitely going to kind of, you know, look at these two drives right here and see why they stalled for field goals and not touchdowns and all that. But we'll definitely look at Josh Allen, two turnovers on downs here. 
Um, not the greatest here by uh, this Bills team in the play calling. Definitely could have been a little bit better. The fourth and eight uh, when it was only a one possession game, three to ten. You were up three to ten, and then you go for it on fourth and eight. Probably should have kicked the field goal. And then the turnover on downs when you know you couldn't get anything. Matt Breed up the middle on fourth and one couldn't even get it. So you know <clears throat> Josh Allen isn't the only one to blame here for this loss, and really shouldn't be blamed. So we'll get into it a little bit more here in uh, when we can watch the film on Josh Allen and all that. Also, this right here, why Josh Allen was not the best last night. Here it is. The edge rush coming right up right here. Melvin Ingram, the entire game just pressuring Josh Allen, getting there. The edge rusher here, getting the pressure to Josh Allen, destroying the Bills' offensive line, not giving Josh Allen any time to throw. So, hurried all the time, throwing the most he's ever thrown in the game. So, do not bail on Josh Allen, folks. Everybody relax. And then Josh Allen on struggles and loss to the Steelers says, quote, that's why we're playing 17 games because we're not, you know, blowing it all up after one game. That's exactly it. Uh, quote here by Josh Allen. It's not what we hope for, what we strive for, how we want to start the season. That's why we're playing 17 games. You know, we're not expecting to win them all. We go into each game expecting to win, but we understand that it's a long season. A lot to learn from this tape. Honestly, starting with me. So, you know, we know Josh Allen is going to put in the work. I mean, he'll watch the film. We're not worried about what Josh Allen is going to do this week. He will get right. It's unfortunate they had to face the Steelers week one. All right, a couple more games to go over to. We've gone very late today on the show. Had to go a little bit quicker. Uh, but um, let's uh, see if we can go, and, uh, go through the rest of these a little quicker here while still getting all the substance that we want. So here we go. Eagles, Falcons, and now we are officially out on the Falcons as well. Matt Ryan not putting up any points. Six points, and the, the your six points came on your first two drives that resulted in the field goals. 14-play, 67-yard drive that stalls um, at the Eagles' three-yard line inside the red zone. What the hell? You can't score touchdowns. And then once again, a 15-play, 77-yard drive that stalls inside the 10 of Philadelphia. And you have to settle for field goals you scored six points in your first two possessions and that was it that's all you put up the entire game so a hundred percent off of Atlanta because I can't buy Matt Ryan anymore Arthur Smith I don't care anymore it's unfortunate you had one one game to turn this team around uh, but uh, they get blown out by the Eagles why is that why did this Falcons team at home get blown out by the Eagles there was no excuse for that the only excuse is that Jalen Hurts played really really well which we knew he would but let's stick here with Matt Ryan uh, first. 21 of 35. 21 of 35. Let's get that up. Uh, 60% completion percentage, only 164 yards, dink and dunk, not getting the ball in the end zone, not getting the ball to your playmakers. Uh, the running game, Cordell Patterson actually had a better game overall than Mike Davis. He had seven carries for 54 yards. Mike Davis got the more carries, the bulk of the carries, with 15 carries for only 49 yards. So the running game wasn't that bad, um, a little bit better than I was expecting. So I'll give the Falcons and Arthur Smith credit for that, but I'm 100% out on Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley, five receptions for 51 yards. Kyle Pitts, four receptions for 31 yards Hayden Hurst four receptions for 28 yards but not resulting into any touchdowns trash by Matt Ryan all right then we get the Eagles Jalen Hurts first game oh first full season for Jalen Hurts and he truly showed out in game number one 27 of 35 that's 77 percent completion percentage we love it 264 yards three touchdowns no interceptions and he did fumble but he didn't lose it so we can kind of 
all right he gets uh you know a little bit of a second uh, second chance there doesn't don't turn over the ball kid and uh you know they'll be fine but they went 32 to 6 no big deal miles sanders another great running back out here 15 carries for 74 yards jalen hurts had seven carries for 62 yards himself so the dual threat ability by jalen hurts showing out once again you know nick sirianni no reason for a quarterback uh competition here in philadelphia so they scored basically throughout the entire game a touchdown uh by philadelphia basically every single quarter and uh, the scoring was equal and even throughout uh Devontae Smith six carries for 71 yards and a touchdown let's quickly watch uh Devontae Smith every catch by this man and praise him so here we go uh him and Jamar Chase got it done and here we go just a nice little fade right here for 20 yards out what do we got from the 20 yard line and it's a one-on-one -on -one matchup Jalen Hurts lofts it beautifully for the touchdown Devontae Smith bingo bango get it done he can catch the ball get the separation Devontae Smith Jamar Chase truly showed out out here folks give him credit all right now let's watch this next catch up here we go Devontae Smith Nice little just kind of, you know, sink route over the middle of the field. Second and five picks up the first down. Next catch up here. Here we go. Once again, just another kind of slant route over the middle of the field for about four or five yards. Nothing kind of flashy, just solid work out there. Then second and six on the same drive. Jalen Hurts stepping out of the pocket, and there he goes, able to find the soft spot of the zone. Jalen Hurts in trouble. He finds a way to get open, and that's a first down. They're still driving here. Nice little out route here on the sideline for about three yards. And last play up here by Devontae Smith. Let's see his last catch coming in the fourth quarter when they're already up 22-6. Game is over. Jalen Hurts steps into the throw. Wide open, kind of 15, 20 yards down the middle of the field. And Devontae Smith, a real gray showing week one. So we can buy Devontae Smith, absolutely. We can buy Jamar Chase, absolutely. The young receivers are truly showing out here. Gotta love it. So the Eagles went 32-6. to um, Jalen Hurts, when, pa when targeting past the sticks versus Atlanta, he went 8 of 9 for 122 yards, two touchdowns. Absolutely fantastic. So when you have to push the ball down the field, Jalen Hurts can, and that's exactly a huge thing that we look at uh, with these quarterbacks out here and why we can buy Jalen Hurts so much and why we never really had any doubts on the man. The man is slinging the ball around. And then Kyle Pitts, unfortunate. He ran 23 routes from the slot and 14 routes split out wide in week one. So like we know what they use, Darren Waller with the Raiders, line them up all over the field, not just on the end line, in the slots, out wide. And that's what Kyle Pitts did. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to really give him anything meaningful out here. So... Kyle Pitts and, uh, you know, this passing offense needs to be better, but it starts with Matt Ryan and we can't believe in him. So unfortunate there with Kyle Pitts. Unfortunate Matt Ryan is not the dude. Alrighty, um, we're actually going to close out the show on this last one. We'll pick up on the last couple of games on tomorrow's show, talking about the Browns and Chiefs, the Packers and the Saints the Broncos and the Giants, and the Dolphins and the Patriots, but I want to get to the Bears and the Rams because I have to chew out Matt Nagy quickly, folks. Matt Nagy, this is what you were expecting from Andy Dalton. This is why you went with Andy Dalton over Justin Fields for 14 points and two turnovers. That's why you went with Andy Dalton. That's why you are not playing Justin Fields because you don't think Justin Fields can give you 14 points and two turnovers. Justin Fields can give you 14 points and two turnovers because the man actually scored seven of these points. Man, Andy Dalton even put up 14 points himself. 
Justin Fields had a rushing touchdown. Justin Fields put up as many points as Andy Dalton did. What the hell? Andy Dalton went 27 of 38 for 206 yards. Dink and dunk. Dink and dunk. Let's get the, the completion percentage up. 71%. That's good completion percentage. But on 206 yards on 27 completions, dink and dunk. And he threw an interception. And he fumbled the ball. The first interception, well, the interception came on the first drive of the game. And the uh, Rams went down and scored seven points because it's Matthew Stafford. And he absolutely obliterated this Bears defense. And this is how a true quarterback is supposed to play in this league. How Matthew Stafford did last night. So, Andy Dalton gets out to a hot start, throwing a pick. Now they're down 7-0. And then they have have a turnover on downs. Let's see what uh, Andy Dalton could not pick up here. Fourth and four at the 49ers or at the Rams 41 yard line, passing complete. So he can't even get that. Let's see if we can bring up this play quickly, 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 quickly here. Because I want to see, is this on Andy Dalton? Because if it's on Andy Dalton, we're 100, well, we're already 100% selling Andy Dalton and this Bears team and Matt Nagy. I don't care when he finally puts in Justin Fields. It's already too late at that time. It's already too late. Uh, so let's get up uh, 721 in the first quarter quickly. Let's see if we can uh, watch Andy Dalton try to pick up a fourth and four and absolutely flounder at it. So let's quickly see if we can bring this play up. All right, 740. All right, here we go. Got to go back a couple seconds more. All right, here we go. All righty, here we go. Fourth and four coming up. Andy Dalton over midfield. Let's see how he does it. Here we go, for folks. Fourth and four. Andy Dalton over the middle of the field. That's got to be caught. That's not on Andy Dalton, but uh, it's unfortunate that Andy Dalton was out there for that. But uh, either way, they forced a turnover on downs. Andy Dalton not being as good as he needs to be out here. Um, and then they go down and score a field goal. Now it's 10-0, and then Andy Dalton fumbles the ball. Then Andy Dalton is sacked and fumbles the ball, and now they're down 13-0. And this is exactly what we saw from Andy Dalton in the preseason, where they got down 28-0. And then he has a great pass that goes all the way down the field, and now they're down only down 28-7. And what do they do for the rest of the game? Nothing. And so Andy Dalton, he doesn't win you the game. He doesn't even put you in the position to win the game. He gets you down. He gets you down 13-0. And then you have to expect to climb out of the hole on the road against his Rams defense. The game is over at that point. So Matt Nagy, congratulations. You just coached yourself out of, out of a job. You shouldn't be the coach next season. You took this decision. You floundered with it. You're trying to call the plays. You're floundering with it. You put up 14 points with Andy Dalton. Justin Fields was moving the ball. Uh, he, put, he got in for like three plays. Justin Fields did, and uh, he went two of two passing for 10 yards, and then he also had a rush for three yards um, in the red zone because that's what Justin Fields brings to this team, the dual threat ability that Andy Dalton does not. Andy Dalton rushed for 13 yards, two carries for 13 yards. Jo uh, Justin Fields can do that. He just didn't have the opportunity to do that because he was rushing in the red zone where it's all small. I mean, he's rushing from the five-yard line. You can't get 13 yards on five yards. That's impossible. So, Andy Dalton's trash. We know that. He looked like trash. He looked like garbage. He looked like same old Andy Dalton with the Bengals, never winning the big game, never doing anything meaningful, never getting out to hot starts, just looking lackluster, mediocre out here. And that's not what this Bears team needs at the moment. That's not what Andy Dalton or Matt Nagy needs at the moment. Uh, you got Justin Fields, and you're still making the wrong decision. So, we expect Justin Fields to start by week three because, you know, the Bears face the Bengals next week, but... 
The Bears are trash and they'll lose that game. And I can't wait for Andy Dalton to lose his revenge game. Um, won't get another start in this league ever again. And then that's how he has to go out. Losing against a former team that you did absolutely nothing with in your tenure there. So I'm glad that Matt Nagy made that decision. All right, the run game was the only thing good for the Bears and kind of why they were only scoring touchdowns. Let's see this touchdown drive here. Um, I want to see how many runs they had. So they had a 10-yard run, a 3-yard run, a 9-yard pass, a 3-yard run, an 8-yard pass, a run for no gain, a 9-yard run, and then David Montgomery up the middle for 3 yards. So the running game, the running attack was the only thing that was actually working for this Bears team. So I will give credit for the Bears line and the running backs. Um, David Montgomery, 16 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown, averaging 6 6.8 yards a carry absolutely great let's look at their second touchdown drive and count kind of the rushing yards on this one so we had a six yard pass a one yard run a seven yard pass a six yard run a 10 yard pass pass to complete eight yard pass three yard pass four yard run 10 yard pass four yard run six yard run one yard run one yard run 11 yard pass and that is justin fields uh rushing for the touchdown so andy dalton had a little bit more of a um handle on that last touchdown drive but once again the rushing game really helping open up the pass game because if they had no rushing game i mean the pass game would have just been so much worse than what it was so Andy Dalton should be thanking and kissing and giving money and monetary items to David Montgomery uh, for helping him out a little bit all right, Marquise Goodwin, uh, four receptions for 45 yards. Cole Komet, the tight end that we've been watching, great game by him. Five receptions for 42 yards, second leading uh, receiver here. And then it's Allen Robinson, six receptions for 35 yards. And he was targeted 11 times. What the hell is that? We're going to have to go deep on Andy Dalton because is Andy Dalton a less accurate passer than Mitch Trubisky? Because Allen Robinson was making Mitch Trubisky look good with completion percentage and all of that in yards-wise. And Allen Robinson, third leading uh, receiver here, Andy Dalton not giving him the ball. Six receptions out of 11 targets. What the hell is going on with that? So Matt Nagy and the Bears are trash. We know that. But you know who's not trash? Matt Safford and Sean McVay. They are genius. They get it done. Uh, constant scoring throughout the game. 10 points in the first quarter. 3 points in the second quarter. 14 points in the third quarter. 7 points in the fourth quarter. Consistent scoring throughout. And that was because the big arm of Matthew Stafford, who went 20 of 26 for 321 yards. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's how you play quarterback, my guy. Big believer in Matt Stafford this season. We got the Rams going to the Super Bowl and being absolutely great this season. Uh, completion percentage was at 76, 77%. Fantastic. All right, now let's talk about the running game for the Rams because, you know, unfortunate, they lose some of their guys. They lose... Uh, um, Cam maker so they have to go with Daryl Henderson he had 16 rushes for 70 yards and a touchdown so a real solid running game here Daryl Henderson making it do making it work and then the wide receivers here for the Rams we had Cooper Cup seven receptions for 108 yards Von Jefferson two receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown Tyler Higby the tight end five receptions for 68 yards uh, Robert Woods three receptions for 27 yards Deshaun Jackson only two catches for 21 yards we were expecting a little bit bigger of a thing uh, of a, of a game by uh, Deshaun Jackson, but when you got Cooper Cup and uh, Von Jefferson and Tyler Higby, I mean, this is a star-studded cast here, honestly, now especially with uh, Matthew Stafford, so we'll see, hopefully Deshaun Jackson gets some good burn here and there, uh, some big uh, highlight plays where he's just rushing down the middle of the field, but they've got a nice cast around Matthew Stafford to get it done, so well done by the Rams and Matthew Stafford and absolutely blowing out the Bears 34-14. to Alrighty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. I know we went a little bit late, and we're going to have to, you know, get our, you know, full thinking 
in the time frame for Mondays, you know, but this is the first Monday up. So a little hiccups here and there, a little, you know, is a little too much on that Jamar Chase or one of the games where we were looking at Trevor Lawrence's interceptions, but we will clean that up for next week. Definitely uh, first week back, you know, we got to, you know, Swipe off the dust and rust a little bit, but we'll be there definitely next uh, next week, next Monday, and even tomorrow when uh, you know we do our Tuesday show, we'll be fine. But um, uh, we'll finish up the last three, four games that we have to finish up tomorrow uh, on the show, so no worries there. Uh, but uh, thanks for tuning in, thanks for watching, thanks for listening. We are back tomorrow live, noon Eastern, uh, you know, doing our Tuesday show, power rankings, looking at tight ends, judging and ranking our tight ends, and all that. Uh, also fixing our quarterback tier list. So we've got all those three things tomorrow on the show. Uh, to look forward to. So we'll be back tomorrow and also breaking down the Monday night game. Oh, we forgot about the Monday night game. We got to talk about the Monday night game. Oh my goodness. Um, let's quickly. Oh no, we already had the line. We already made that. That was our official pick. Uh, we had the Raiders plus three and a half. Let's quickly see if that line has changed at all quickly. If it's moved, we still are feeling good. All right, now it's Raiders plus four. We still like the Raiders plus four tonight. We will be taking that. The rushing game for the Ravens, it's non-existent. And we've seen all these teams that, you know, throw the ball heavily, you know, 51 plus times, they lost the game. So we'll see what the Ravens are going to be doing here tonight <clears throat> against the Raiders here. I want to quickly see what's up with their the Ravens running backs. Um, what's, go what's going on with Le'Veon Bell? Is he good to go? Um, so let's see. What do we got? Uh, they're not on any kind of uh, reserve list. Let's see if we can. Um, let's see if I can just type in Le'Veon Bell quick. I just want to see if he's going to be good to go tonight. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Mm, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. You playing tonight, my man? Where are you at? All right. Um, all right. Well, I can't see this quickly, so we're just gonna have to end it here tonight, folks. He may be starting. Maybe starting. Okay. But we're out of here, folks. We'll break it all down tomorrow. Whether he's playing or not, we'll break it down tomorrow. So we're, we're out of here, folks. We went super late.